Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Out of the pen, onto the mound. It's the second hour of Sports Talk. Now pitching, Evan Kahn. With me, Scott Beatty, we are so glad you are with us today as we continue our foray through a discussion of sports. Plenty to digest. Last hour, Lauren Tate and I visited with Joey Wagner, talked some Illinois football, among other things. We'll talk some Michigan football, especially since Illinois football will play Michigan this year, November 19th, bouncing around the Big Ten here, trying to check in with some of the Big Ten opponents on uh, what may be in tap for each of their seasons. Welcome in. Is this a is this a sad day for Chicago baseball fans, particularly Chicago Cub fans? Uh, more yesterday, but I don't know if it lingers over. <laughs> well, we didn't get into a last hour, and I knew we could hear with the uh, well, actually, both sides of town may be feeling a little sad. Tim Anderson is mm-hmm. on the shelf now for four to six weeks, mm-hmm. might need surgery. That seems like a, a significant loss if you're the Chicago White Sox. Means a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little bit longer than a suspension for bumping an umpire. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, for all the the, the White Sox and, 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 and the criticism and the ire and the underperforming that they've taken, uh, I mean, they, sometimes can, you, can these guys catch a break? <laughs> they, for almost going back three years now, if I remember right, they, I don't think they've had the full complement of players for maybe more than a, a month at a time. And going back to the Cubs in that 2016 team and really any team minus the Braves who lost their superstar last year and somehow found a way to to win a World Series. Usually it's who stays together the best through the seven-month grind of the MLB season, who who comes out on, on top at the end. And the White Sox just can't seem to stay healthy anywhere. Thank goodness they got rid of Chris Sale when they did because he's just a walking injury bug that would fit right in with the, the White Sox nowadays. But yeah, from, from Tim Anderson, he... he carried the load a lot early on in the season and he's been struggling and now this comes out and Grandall's been on and off and Moncada and Jimenez and Robert it's pretty much anybody the White Sox have counted on or, or do plan to count on ha- have seen the injured list so that does that does come into play for the White Sox but at the same time got to have the depth and the guys that can step up in, in those situations and, and They've shown this year and last year that they really don't have that depth to to keep things going here as you get into August and September when it really counts. White Sox are trailing Kansas City right now. It's four to one in the top of the eighth. Uh, Brady Singer is just exited the ball game for the Royals. It's a doubleheader. We'll bring you game two tonight. Uh, what 
6.30-ish, 7 for a, a pregame here on the radio. It uh, sounds about right. Yep, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Illinois' Michael Massey 0 for 3 in that game right now, by the way. I don't know if he'll play both games. Or not? Uh, I don't know what they uh, do with he, a He's twenty four. Well, what? I'm not concerned about two, his two games in one day. Back in my day, we did three games in a day. You can as a middle infielder, <laughs> especially at second base. I'm not questioning his endurance. I more say I don't know what. <laughs> no, you 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 know they, 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 what uh, going with that. Yeah, but anyway, it's four to one. Uh, then on on the uh, north side of town, the Cubs are uh, essentially parting ways. With Jason Hayward, he's going to be done for the year with his injury. They're not. They're going to release him at the end of the year. And <laughs> Cubs fans did not like seeing him in the everyday lineup this year, and understandably so. He was not producing, but still, uh, at this point, sentimentally, I mean, he was he was the speech in Game <laughs> Seven and that famous rain delay, and he rallied the troops, and the Cubs beat Cleveland and. Uh, an outstanding outfielder and uh, overspent for him, but who doesn't overspend on a player or two these days? <laughs> and um, so I, I think a sentimental loss for Cubs fans. Not the same kind of feeling last trade deadline when they dismantled the team or, or what we thought we were going to feel a week ago today that didn't come to fruition with Ian Happett and Wilson Contreras sticking around town. But you you, you touched on it. I, I mean, at the end of the day, they won a World Series with him, right? And that's mm-hmm. what they set out to do when they did it in the first year with him. And, and yeah, countless bad contracts uh, across baseball and Jason Hayward for, you know, what it's worth. It, it doesn't get talked about a lot when he would was brought into Chicago immediately they wanted to change his swing and it took him four years to bounce back and he actually did have a, a pretty good 2019 with the juice balls and the COVID shortened 2020 as far as offense goes but we slowly saw the the defense kind of fall off and just a really curious timing it makes sense in that this is August and a non-competitive team, and it is time to get the young guys some playing time. But why Jed offered that up yesterday, the day before his birthday, um, and really there just hadn't been any rumors about him going back on an assignment or anything like that. So curious as to why it got brought up, but it is the time to to finally move on from Jason Hayward. And it's the, the butterfly effect that could have been, you know, if Jason Hayward took more money to stay in St. Louis or if he had gone to Washington. They they were the, the other team that were right there in it till the end back in, before uh, the 2016 season. H- how does that change baseball going forward? But we do know that the Cubs signed Jason Hayward before the 2016 season and they won the ultimate championship with him. So he'll, he'll always, you know, have mixed feelings in Chicago, but he is a champion. And I, I don't imagine his career is over yet. He's still only 33, 34. Um, somebody will give him a minor league opportunity, and, and we'll see if he can catch on next year. You know, as as time uh, goes, you tend to uh, forget about some of that and remember the good old times. <laughs> and I mean, you could see that in Illinois times and Illinois uh, athletes, and uh, you know, when there were, you, you tend to just remember the good stuff and and. And not necessarily the losses or the the failures on the on the field on the court. And mm-hmm. I think that's ultimately Hayward will be very welcomed back 
when things are all said and done. Uh, despite the times you wanted to hit your head against a wall <laughs> as a Cubs fan when he was grounding into another double play. You'd be surprised at, at how few double plays he grounded into. His ground ball percentage was extremely high as a Cub, but I, I think oh, really? his, it, he, he did it a lot. Uh, but I think he only had only six seasons, but a couple of them in double-digit as far as ground into double plays. But uh, offensively, yeah, it was not at all what you expected when you signed a, a guy that was 27 as a free agent coming off his best offensive year in that one year down in, in St. Louis. And there's uh, a, another one of those, you know, why not go for it? The guys that the Cardinals gave up for Jason Hayward never became of anything. And that was the best Cardinals team of the last decade was that 2015 team with Jason Hayward. And they went for it and they didn't sign him. And, you know, at least they went for it that year. So so you like to, to see that. And we'll, we'll see what the young Cubs can do. A nice job last night, Morrell and Velasquez and Keegan Thompson. And, and you're, just, you're starting to see those guys get more acclimated to, to the big leagues and, and hopefully – over the last two months, you start to see them start to blossom, and then they hit the ground running in, in spring training next spring. Cardinals tonight in Denver against Colorado. Miles Michaelis will get the start, and the Cardinals riding high right now. It'll be maybe a challenge to just carry everything over after sweeping your rivals and the Cubs and then, of course, sweeping the Yankees. By the way, Matt Carpenter done for the season, no, I saw, I, with an injury. That's too bad. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Had he been with the Cardinals, I probably wouldn't have felt the same way. But, I mean, <laughs> 15 bombs and like 108 official at-bats, not counting plate appearances. I mean, just insane numbers after, you know, starting with a, a minor league deal in, in Texas. And that's, yeah, that's that's really tough. And, and he he really has become a, a key cog in that right-handed heavy lineup, him being, being able to slide in there. Tony's been dealing with his typical back issues in the month of April. So we'll see how the Yankees fill that clog. They still, Stanton's still out. Of course, Judge hit his 44th last night. So we're still keeping an eye on, on if he can break Maris's record. But uh, yeah, that is too bad for, for Matt Carpenter, especially just the way that it happened. It looked like it was off the bridge of his foot. Oof. Hmm. We talked about it last hour, uh, Illinois football not getting some very good news today. Jamarian Harkless, a key recruit for the next class, decommitting today. Uh, and uh, kind of the standard posting from uh, <laughs> young ones these days, you know, thank, thanking everybody. But at this time, I've decided to reopen my recruitment. And uh, as Joey Wagner pointed out last hour, defensive linemen don't exactly grow on trees. And even if you commit, uh, people are going to come knocking for you. And I'm sure he's got some suitors. I think that was the, the statement that Matt Stevens gave us. I think he was on with us today or, or not too long after Harkless committed was keep an eye on this because it might not stick for long. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how it turned out. And uh, again, it's good that the staff is able to identify these quote unquote three star guys that probably should be four or five star or whatever and and the other schools are going after it but it's a tough stop spot when you're Illinois and you you can give them the the hope and dream of rebuilding but when a team comes to you and say hey you know, we, we win conference championships and double-digit games every year, and you don't have to be part of a rebuild and a, and a hope. Uh, it's, a, it's not a very hard decision sometimes. We will talk some more football. Angelique 
Shengelis is coming up from the Detroit News. She wrote about the Wolverines in today's News Gazette. So we will get some of the lowdown from her when we return. We continue on Sports Talk. And time to continue our tour of the Big Ten. We stay in the Mitten State and talk with Angelique Shengelis from the Detroit News uh, what's up with the Michigan Wolverines? Angelique, it's always great to have you on with us. I haven't seen you guys late in the season uh, when Illinois is uh, up here in Ann Arbor, but uh, that seems like a long time from now. <laughs> the season hasn't even started. Yeah. So many storylines. Yeah, and there is uh, not an unreasonable chance that Michigan would be 10-0 and 0 by the time that game happens in the 11th game of the season in Ann Arbor, because I look at that schedule for the Wolverines, first of all, and I don't want to say it's easy, but if you had your choice, I mean, that's that's not bad with just four road games. Well, I think you can say it's easy. I mean, look at those first four road, those first four home games. Those first three games are, you know, I I wouldn't mind, like, taking vacation those, those Saturdays and having somebody else cover it, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a really it's a schedule that sets up very well for Michigan, obviously, as you said. And you know, I think the game at Iowa is always tricky for Michigan. And um, you know, there's some talk that I thought that would be perhaps a night game. Now hearing it could be a noon game, so 11 Central. And, you know, I think that would bode better for Michigan not to be playing in a night game at, at kick. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think they have Michigan State coming to Ann Arbor. I think there's a lot of payback here for Michigan players. Two years in a row they've lost to Mel Tucker and the Spartans, and, um, you know, that that was their blemish, their lone blemish in the in Big Ten East last year. So uh, a lot a lot of motivation for them. And, and as you know, at Media Days, last year they talked about finally beating Ohio State, and this year they were saying, well, they got to beat uh, Michigan State, which is absolutely true. So, no, they could be undefeated. I, I, I feel like there's going to be a slip-up, though, but, but I think you're right. That's how it could set up. Yeah, and beating Michigan State is one of the, the big four goals for <laughs> Jim Harbaugh this year. Of course, beating Ohio State, he mentioned winning the Big Ten and then winning a national championship. Um, you know, Realistically, how much talk is there of, of winning it all? Well, I don't know. That's the players talking about it. I, I don't think anyone, any anyone who has seen Ohio State and saw them in the bowl game and and then knows what they have coming back. I don't know how you say that, but I, you know they they have to believe it, and and that has to be a goal of, of Michigan players. But uh, Michigan fans, I I don't know that they're talking about a national championship. I, I think they just want to beat Michigan State and Ohio State this year. I, I really think that that is the the biggest goal, and and that means that that you uh, head to the Big Ten championship game. Hi, Angelique. This is Evan. Uh, just looking, as Scott is discussing, you look at the, the preseason polls, all the hype. The expectation is that the Michigan's going to be a lot of the same as they were last year, but they've got some pretty big shoes to fill, not to mention a, a, a guy that was in the finalist for the Heisman, but also a 1,000-yard running back who, who was drafted into the NFL. Um, do they have the players to, to step up and, and make it feel like last year's kind of team? We think here at Illinois, anytime you, you get players like that, you got to wait five or ten years for another one of those to, to come around. Do they have the, the reinforcements ready to step up for those guys this year? 
Well, that's a great question because I actually think there's a lot different from last year. And, and I know that there are a lot of those pieces back on offense in particular, but they lost a lot on defense. And, and I mean, take it even further. They've got two offensive coordinators now. Josh Gaddis was the, the sole coordinator last year. Sharon Moore was a co-coordinator pretty much in name only. And now Moore and, and Matt Weiss are co-coordinators. So it's really unclear how they're sharing the play calling duties, you know, how that's going to work. Then you've got this two-quarterback issue with, with Kate McNamara and J.J. McCarthy, different than last year. I mean, J.J. was the backup, and now he's a serious contender for the starting job. And and you're right, Hassan Haskins is, is a big loss from last year. I mean, that's, I think, a huge question mark is where does Michigan go for its third its third running back? And, and they needed three last year. Blake Quorum got hurt late. And then you saw Donovan Edwards really step up the freshman. So now you've got Blake Quorum and Donovan Edwards, and now you need a third running back. Their offensive line is very good, probably better than last year with uh, the transfer of Olu. I can't say his name. Olu, Olu Kimmy from Virginia. Uh, he's, he's really uh, he's an upgrade. And so I think the offensive line is going to be really good. And then you look at the, the defensive side, as you mentioned, Evan, I mean, <laughs> Aiden Hutchinson's gone, and David Ojabo is gone, and Dax Hill's gone, and and, you know, guy who doesn't get a lot of uh, credit was Brad Hawkins, the safety. I mean, he was the guy really calling the shots back there. So um, they, they're missing a lot. They've got some good guys back. Mozzie Smith. I think you're going to see a couple freshman defensive players really stand out. And I would look to see Will Johnson at corner pretty early. Uh, he was their five-star in this class. And, and uh, But I, I think defense is going to take some time to really gel. And, again, they've got a new defensive coordinator as well. Well, a lot of question marks on the defense, but everybody wants to talk about offense. It's the quarterback situation, very interesting. McNamara starts every game last year. Uh, of course, McCarthy got in a lot of games, but the the real difference maker, as we're seeing, not with just Big Ten basketball, but with football as well, is the offensive difference makers in the Big Ten versus down in the SEC. Is that what maybe they're looking at with McCarthy, maybe a, a bigger arm, more dynamic out of that quarterback position? to to give them maybe a, a better chance on the national scene? Absolutely. And he adds the, the mobility, I mean, that, that Kate does not have. And, you know, I think McNamara, his strengths are he's, he's really a very solid decision maker. He doesn't make mistakes. He, he does the job. I mean, he got them a Big Ten championship. He helped lead them to that. It wasn't all him, obviously. But J.J. McCarthy does have a big arm, and he rested it in the spring. He had a they were really not specific about the shoulder injury. It is, it's his right shoulder, uh, throwing shoulder, pardon me. And, you know, they were never really specific about it, but he, he needed to rest it. He didn't throw in spring ball. I, I think a lot of it was overused. He worked with Tom House, the, uh, the old major league pitcher, who's now really made a, a business out of working with major league pitchers and NFL quarterbacks and college quarterbacks and, and teaching them different mechanics and, and ways to stretch and, and ways to get more out of your arm from doing less to it and and really advised him to stop. You know, they were making a big deal last year about J.J. and, and the other freshmen after, like, Wisconsin, 2 in the morning, they land and, and they go out and they start throwing and, and practicing on their own. And, and that's a no-no now. I mean, he's got to rest that shoulder and he's, he feels good. I mean, last time I talked to him, he was really more interested in, in making sure he could get the 70 to 80-yard range out of his arm. And he wasn't quite there yet. So... <laughs> He's just—he's—he's he's more athletic. He's—he's he's, the upside is is much more significant with JJ McCarthy. 
And it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. There's no doubt about that. We're talking with Angelique Shangelis from the Detroit News, uh, covering the Michigan Wolverines and more. Angelique, we've learned a lot in the last 24 hours about the potential Big Ten media deal. Uh, the Big Ten, of course, released a statement today confirming nothing but saying, hey, when we put it out there, it's going to be a great deal. But all the reports are saying it will not involve ESPN or, for the, uh, of course, ABC. And I mean, that's how I watched the Wolverines growing up. That's what you watched on, on ABC because they were on. They were a huge draw. Uh, aside from the tradition of it all, I mean, what do you see as in the tea leaves here with no ESPN for the Big Ten? Wow, I, it's, it is really hard to believe that that is a dynamic that I never thought would change. And, you know, you always associate CBS with the SEC and, and the NBC with and NBC with Notre Dame. And I, I think with that piece in mind, with the NBC piece, I, you know, I, everyone I've talked to at Michigan, people who have had conversations with Big Ten higher ups like Kevin Warren. Yeah, expansion, expansion maybe they, they want to go after other teams in the Pac-12 or, or whatever we're calling the Pac-12 now, the, the losing members left and right, it seems like. But, you know, they've, Notre Dame, they've always wanted Notre Dame. And does this make it an easier transition for that to happen at some point in the near future? Perhaps. And, you know, then there's another interesting aspect of, of perhaps uh, streaming some of the games and, and just – you know, looking through Twitter yesterday, last night, and, and a lot of people don't like that option. But, um, you know, I think it's covering all the platforms, and, and that's going to be part of the uh, this mega deal. And then you think about what Jim Harbaugh was saying at Media Days. He had his little one-hour podium session with reporters, and, and someone asked him about NIL, and, and he, he sort of brought up, and I think, I think Kevin Warren touched on it too, about revenue sharing and having the players get in on this. And it, that's going to be really interesting to me to see how that develops going forward, if there's going to be some kind of deal worked out, because that's going to be a lot of money that's going to pump into the Big Ten. And the players, you know, we already see what's happening in the past year. They, they know what their, their names and their brands are, are worth. And will that, become, will that become something that comes out of a deal like this, revenue sharing for the players? Yeah, you also mentioned expansion in there, and when I heard USC and UCLA getting added to the Big Ten, when you think of benefits, not just to the conference, I think it benefits Michigan when you think of the connections with Jim Harbaugh and Stanford and coaching the 49ers out there, as well as Michigan just kind of being a national brand, and now they're getting back into California specifically as if they, they couldn't already recruit guys from there. But do, do you see UCLA and USC coming into the Big Ten as beneficial for, for Michigan directly, maybe similar to me? Well, I do. And, and let me just, a quick aside, even with USC joining again, I mean, the Notre Dame traditional rival, that, that would be another factor, I think, mm -hmm. that would play into Notre Dame making an easy transition to the Big Ten at some point. Um, but, yeah, for Michigan, you know, I think if some people would make the joke, that's, that's one way they're going to get back to California and play in the Rose Bowl. And, um, you know, I think that is, that's a huge alumni base for, for Michigan alums. I, I think it might be the, the next largest, maybe I, I think it might be the largest alumni base for Michigan fans and, uh, pardon me, Michigan alums. So I think that's a huge, a huge addition 
for Michigan and for their fans and, you know, for basketball, for every aspect of it. I, I think it's really just a win-win. Angelique Shangelis from the Detroit News is with us. I have to, if you will indulge me, I have to ask a little bit about baseball and Tracy Smith, the new head coach for the Wolverines uh, after the departure of Eric Bakich. Uh, is there? A, I, I know it goes football, 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 and then basketball, and then maybe the rest of the sports <laughs> for Michigan fans. But is there some excitement about that hire? You know, it's really hard to read Michigan fans on this. I, you know, I think having covered some baseball in the last few years, and then uh, you know, I really, really respected Eric Backage a great deal, and and that run in 2019 was was really exciting for for Michigan fans. It's it's not a huge, you know, they don't draw that well at home. And uh, I think Michigan fans get very excited in the postseason when things are happening for them. And, again, this this most recent one, they, they seem to be jumping back on that bandwagon and really getting into it. So I don't know that it moves the needle one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I went to his uh, introductory, you know, he had sort of a um, meet the media last week. And, and I was really impressed. He's, he's older. I mean, Eric Rackett was a younger guy came in in the last 10 years and, and really took the program to, to new heights again. And and I think he's going to do the same. I think he's got a tough – I think Tracy has a tough first year, first couple of years. He lost a lot of that roster when Backage left, and, and he's got to recoup some, some of that and, and try to build. And, you know, timing wasn't great for him in terms of the portal and, and making use of that. But, um, yeah, I – I think that there is a, a core group of fans who really will, will be there through thick and thin. There's that other core group of fans that will really jump in there in the postseason. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's too early to say if if people really care because it happened also so close to the, the start of football season. It just feels like Michigan fans mm-hmm. are very much focused on football and baseball is not quite – not quite right up in, in on their priority list right now. Well, that makes sense, but it kind of actually leads to a bigger question in that Michigan uh-huh. is pretty good in a lot of sports. There's not too many that they're not competitive in. Um, but, yeah, all the focus seems to go to football first and then maybe a little bit of basketball. So I'm wondering, as all this shuffling around is going on, is there any nervousness or concern among the other sports about where they'll be left when all of this settles because Michigan funds their sports because of football. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I don't think so. I, I think last year's success in all the sports with the, what is it, 13 championships, I think it was, um, Big Ten championships, pardon me. Um, you know, I think they all feel pretty good about where the program is and that the money is uh, I, I wouldn't say they're, not, they're certainly not throwing money at all the sports. And, um, but I think if you look at women's basketball in Michigan, it, it has definitely taken off under Kim Barnes Rico. And they have paid for, uh, I think, very handsomely. So, you know, I think the money's there in terms of salaries. Ford Manual, Michigan's athletic director, uh, wasn't going to, there was no way he was going to match uh, Eric Backish's salary at Clemson. That just wasn't going to happen. That was eight, 900000 and I, I just don't see Michigan, you know, paying for a baseball coach, you know, like that, like eight hundred thousand. Um, but the money, you know, I think that they are they are spreading it around. The wealth is there, and they they are working on the facilities, on the baseball facilities. Uh, they are putting in a new turf, and they are they are putting in new seats and painting some of the other things there. There was a lot going on construction wise for baseball, and I, you know, all the facilities are actually 
pretty top shape. I covered a lot of tennis in the spring, and then that's a phenomenal facility. Um, so I feel like they think that they're all being well taken care of, and I'm sure there's lot, there, I'm sure there's are there are complaints. I mean, everybody has them. But um, but it seems like Michigan, um, all the the non football sports are in a good spot right now. Well, it's now that Jim Harbaugh has made it to a college football playoff to to just kind of bring this coaching thing and everything full circle here, is the pressure off as far as uh, his job is constantly on the line going into to every season? Now that they finally got into that final four, does he have a, a little bit of a leash up there in Ann Arbor? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely some breathing room there. Uh, and, you know, there's no conversation about it like there has been the last few years about Jim Harbaugh's contract and, and what's next and, and all of that. Uh, you know, I think that Jim said a lot of things after the after not getting a, a job offer from the Vikings and that he wants to be here and that that's not going to happen again. I, I still say you never say never. Uh, I mean, he, he made it clear that, that trying to win a Super Bowl is still something – that's important to him, and that's why he had the why he was flirting with the NFL in this off season and and in January in particular. And um, you know, I, I never say never. I, let's say they have another successful season. Let's say they pull off a miracle in Columbus, and and all of that. Does an NFL team or teams come after him? And does he listen? I would say yes. I mean, he's uh, he's fifty seven and uh, 58, pardon me, and, and you know, I think he sees that door closing, and, and he may have said he closed it um, after after not getting the Viking deal, but I still say there's a chance, there's a sliver. So that, there might be still some conversation after this season in terms of Jim and the NFL. I'm are not you, saying that's going to happen, but it could. Are you saying when it comes to Jim Harbaugh and the NFL and a Super Bowl that his biological clock is ticking? So <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I... I didn't know how to. I, when you you tweeted at me, I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know what to think of that. I mean, I, I just don't know what that meant, and I don't know if he was mixing up things. I, I don't know. He does a lot of interesting things. I think people probably are very well aware of that. There is only one Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> That's all I can say. All right. Well, time is a ticking here, and I know you've got interviews to do. So we appreciate you joining us, and we'll be talking. Uh, I'm sure as we get close to Illinois visiting Ann Arbor in November. I am looking forward to it. I promise good weather that weekend. How about that? <laughs> ah, just in time. <laughs> just in time. Thank you much, Angelique. Thank you. That is Angelique Changelis from the Detroit News. We appreciate her time. And speaking of the weather, how would you like to be, wherever you are right now, if you're not at home, be able to control the weather or the climate inside your home? You can do that with CU Trade Services train products that they use. Train, T-R-A-N-E, their official dealer and supplier of those products. And you can enjoy next-level comfort and control with a train home app. You can adjust your temperature in your home, set a schedule, monitor your HVAC usage from virtually anywhere, all from the palm of your hand. That's one of the things you get with CU Trade Services, plus a whole team of experts in heating and air conditioning, as well as electrical and plumbing. They offer maintenance plans, preventative services, as well as any of the things that you meet, might need uh, taking a look at for whatever urgent situation may come up. 
They have grown tremendously in popularity. I'm sure you've seen the CU Trade Services vans around town. They're a sister company to CU Under Construction. And they say you really can do it all with just one call. It's CU Trade Services online at cutradeservices.com. And you can find them on social media or just give them a Google. CU Trade Services. White Sox got the go-ahead runs Go ahead, run at the plate in the ninth inning, but they lose four to two to Kansas City in the first of that doubleheader. I haven't seen if there's an official start time for Game Two, but it'll be coming up here about six thirty, like you said, for pregame or for first yeah, pitch. 40, Forty-five minutes between, so if they right. they wrapped about a quarter till. Then yeah, pregame about six thirty, first pitch about seven oh five. They're not going to jump on us here, then, are they? On our no, they shouldn't. They've got a. They're, they're going to do a post game show. Okay, because they inside baseball here. They send a tone to start the game, and if we miss, yeah, it, it won't take uh, it over until at least six o'clock. So okay. we're 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 good for our block. All right, Barry, if, because I know it's important that we finish this thing out in Absolutely. its entirety. Uh, obviously, the Cubs don't have a, a, a ton to play for, but uh, Fran Miel Reyes is now a member of the Cubs and. Uh, uh, everybody kind of drooling at his batting practice today at Wrigley Field because he was hitting tanks. He's a mountain of a man, six five, two sixty five. I mean, he's is he just, like a Glen Allen Hill? Yeah, kind of. Basically, his his K numbers are super high, but his home run numbers are also super high. Two thirty home run seasons on the docket. And I think he only has three full seasons in the bigs. So. Uh, just a, another one of those guys you, you give a shot to. They sent Frank Schwindel down after the, the game yesterday. And, and just a, an, another sign that this is we're, we're into that next step of, of the rebuild. We'll see what kind of guys can, can latch on that are controllable and not or more cost-effective. I guess that's probably the nicest way of putting it with, with those terms. And then get ready to go f- plug whatever holes you need to with free agency. <laughs> Oh, Cubbies, yep. But those are some of the intrigue that we have uh, with the Cubs right now. Cardinals in Colorado tonight and White Sox in Kansas City coming up for Game 2. We shared this in our number one. Former Champaign Central Maroon great Clyde Turner has died. As Lauren uh, suggested, maybe the best boys basketball player ever in Central High School helped them to a third-place finish. Back in the uh, nineteen, I think it was nineteen sixty nine, and that was when it was all one class still. <laughs> so condolences to uh, the Turner family as mm-hmm. he passes away up in Minnesota at the age of seventy. Was set to be inducted into the University of Minnesota's Hall of Fame this September next month. Uh, big loss for them, but he was a great player up there for the Gophers. Played professionally as well. Uh, d- got drafted, but didn't play in the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, and a great. Uh, great guy. So that's uh, a little bit going on. We should learn more about whether the uh, Maroons will get to play at McKinley Field uh, tomorrow, or I mean tonight, tonight after yeah. tonight's uh, city council meeting. We'll see how that goes all through. So there, that there's that to keep uh, bandying about. Whatever. I, I mean, no, <laughs> I, I don't mean it. Whatever about the issue. I. I I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Let the kids play. Let them have their game. I don't know why the agreement was made as such or the promises were made so strongly, but I think it's fine to let them play their game, and I hope they get to do it. And 
let's move on. That's what I mean by the whatever. I don't mean that it's a non-issue. I just mean uh, I'm ready for the rancor to die down. Yeah, you want to let the kids play. You want want a decision to be made, and hopefully this time tomorrow, either we're celebrating a, a game there and wondering when we can get two or three games over there, or we're saying why are you staying the way that you are. So <laughs> yeah, we, we'll we'll see what the council decides tonight. Let the kids play. Okay, we're back. We'll wrap up with this edition of Sports Talk. Didn't touch too much on the media deals here in this hour. We talked about it more last hour, but reporting all says ESPN is out. There still may be some streaming package attached to Big Ten media rights. And I was thinking about all the clamoring that has gone on for a la carte cable. I don't watch uh, HDTV. I don't want it, but I do watch... I don't know, what do you watch, Discovery or something, you know, so I'll take that, you know, mm. and you just sort of based on your menu of, of, that's essentially what we have in all these streaming services, and Peacock might be in on all this, and somebody told me, Peacock's not that expensive, it's like $4 a month, but I'm already paying, you know, I got mm-hmm. Netflix and Prime, um, and I've just kind of stopped there. Probably some kind of TV Well, yeah, I mean, well. You, yeah, you I've, I've got YouTube as a TV and, provider. but And you're already paying for internet and mm-hmm. this and that and that. It does. It, it's, it starts to add up, especially for the folks that, that haven't cut the cord. They're like, well, I've already paid for all of this, so why do I want to pay for something else? Are so, you going to pay for a service if it has the sports you like to watch? Right, yes. Yeah, I will. Yeah. And but will the casual or the average fan, you know, what happens to the bar scene or the restaurant scene for those stream only games? That's uh, that's why I'm really looking forward to the the nitty gritty details. It's all about football, but yeah, where am I going to watch these non conference basketball games? And where is basketball going to be? I know it's secondary, but a lot of details to come out when this deal gets official. True that. All right, our thanks to Joey Wagner in the first hour, along with Lauren Tate, Angelique Changelis in the second hour. Along here with Evan Kahn, I'm Scott Beatty, Ed Bond, our producer. And we are back tomorrow for more Sports Talk 4 to 6 right here. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. White Sox coming up against the Royals here pretty soon. Good night.